Are you looking for a great sci-fi read? If so, be sure and grab The Return by best-selling author Gabriella Balcom. Readers are calling it a thrilling ride that's fascinating and amazing. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground, and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay as they are. It's 2030, and scientists have made numerous scientific advances. They use cutting-edge technology with their feline service units and human replicas, HRs as they're commonly known. However, most of the research being conducted in the facility is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd be clamoring for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. More and more of the HRs are dying, and they long for freedom. One of the top scientists isn't happy with the situation either. Tensions are mounting, and things are not as they appear. Other reader comments about The Return include... This is a thrilling ride. I hope there's a sequel. Man, it got me hooked. Best plot twist I've read in a book. You'll love this book. It had me on the edge of my seat. For more of Gabriella's works, check her out on Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle form. Vampire, Werewolf, Jinn, Phoenix, Shapeshifter, and Witch. They all came from somewhere. Six humans started the ritual. Six supernaturals walked away. But they left behind the one person who could destroy them all. Reese. Now she seeks vengeance on those who stole their power from her body. She seeks her children, for they will pay the ultimate penance. Available at MythMart.com, Amazon, Goodreads, and Barnes and & Noble. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on our way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry. Hey, everybody. Are we recording? Oh, we are. Okay, look at that. It's actually working. I have to be quiet. <laughs> My live studio audience is being ridiculous. Welcome to episode 134 of Lupa's Bits, the podcast. And yes, I actually do know what episode we are on this week because I checked and started right away. Normally, I have no idea. If you are a frequent listener, you know I'm always wondering what episode I'm on. But we are on episode 134. I don't have any housekeeping because, you know, my live studio audience is slacking. Um, there isn't any housekeeping, he says. <laughs> I'm getting the no-no finger from Zoe, too. I have two members in the live studio audience tonight. Um, my Dave, the, the biggest member of my live studio audience, has had dental surgery 
over the last two weeks. So um, he hasn't been doing much of anything but drooling and um, trying to figure out what he can eat <laughs> and crying. He's, a, he's crying. He's been in a lot of pain. Um, I am teasing him, but uh, yeah, he's been in a lot of pain. Um, so there is no housekeeping. I do have some exciting news on my personal front, however. Um, I took a visit. I'm down, as you all know, I'm at my sister's in Sarnia, and um, I'm visiting here for a bit. Um, came down. I haven't seen them since November, so I needed I needed my nephew and my nieces. I needed a fix. So I came down to visit, and uh, I went over. For, I have friends in Sarnia. I know people in Sarnia, um, like Patty and Donna, and um, there's an author, a contributor to the World of Myth magazine, who also lives in Sarnia. It's Donna's daughter, and um, I was very excited. I wanted to connect with all the people that I know while I'm here. And I went down to the shop yesterday, Nimoy's Closet. Donna owns Nimoy's Closet. And you can find her on uh, Facebook. It's N-I-M-U-E apostrophe S Closet. And she is your occult shop for all the things that you need. She has some really, really, really cool stuff in the shop. My friend Patty has a few, several things in the shop. I bought some stuff. I bought a really cool keychain and the coolest, cutest little worry wart ever. Oh my gosh, I love it. He is so cute. Um, I used to have this piece, uh, Monopoly piece, that I used um, that was actually a charm from my grandmother's uh, bracelet and it was the worry bird and on the bottom of it it said let me do your worrying for you and I don't know if um, the last time I saw that particular Monopoly game um, it was at my sister's place in Grimsby and I don't know if that Monopoly game is still floating around I don't know if the charm is still in it I would love I mean you can buy the charms online i would love to um get that worry bird charm again uh it's it's just the cutest but to find a worry wart like i used to worry the heck out of this bird um but now i have a worry wart so i i absolutely love it and it will be um you wonder why i sound weird i'm scratching i have an itch on my back mosquitoes are vicious tonight we were outside earlier um yeah, so I have this worry wart, and I mean, I'm superstitious. I believe in all that stuff. So I will be telling my worries to this really adorable little worry wart. Um, my friend Patty made it, and he's just the cutest little thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I need to let you guys in on a little uh, secret, behind the scenes secret that you guys don't know. The main purpose or the main goal of my live studio audience is to see how far they have to go before I break character. Oh, my sister just sent me a thing. Let me see what she says. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, 
weirdest, silliest, goofiest things to make me laugh, to, to make me screw up and break character and laugh. And I absolutely love him for it because when we first met six years ago, 2018, he, uh, okay, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry for the interruptions. I'm, um, we're planning an outing tomorrow, and, um, my sister just sent me a recipe for watermelon strawberry smoothies, and we're going to freeze them, and then take them with us for our picnic. Um... So we can edit this this dead air out if you want to. You don't have to. I'm just you, it's me. You know, like life happens. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm not being too loud because you know I'm in a house with kids. They're in bed sleeping. My brother-in-law gets up very early in the morning to go to work, so he needs his sleep too. He works very very hard. And I don't want to disturb anybody, um, but I still have a job to do. So here we are, and this is how we do it. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Where was I going? What was I doing? I don't know. My brain's not functioning. It is, it is, um, it's very, very warm. Um, Right. I was talking about, see, my, my live studio audience also keeps me on track. Um, he, <laughs> when we first met in 2018, he told me he, he's not silly. He tends to be very serious. Um, he can laugh at a joke, but he's not one to be goofy, especially in public. So when I see him being silly, when I see him acting goofy, and I have seen him do it in public, it it makes me smile. It it makes me um, I, I kind of want to take credit for it, you know. Like I I make him feel comfortable enough and loved enough that he can just be himself because his himself is hilarious. I loves himself. <laughs> He's really funny, <laughs> and we have a very similar sense of humor. So. Anyway, um, so down, I'm down here, and I went to uh, Nimue's closet, and I was hanging out with Patty, and I was talking with Patty, and I was talking with um, Donna, and I was talking with her daughter, and um, may have possibly picked up two new books for our 2024 lineup. I'm very excited. I am cautiously optimistic, so um, I'm not going to say too much right now, because... T's haven't been dotted and I's haven't been crossed. So <laughs> when when things are final, then I'll let you know. But um, they offered to host a book reading for me, for my new book, Penance. You know, this one? Yeah, that one. Uh, it's never too far from me <laughs> since it arrived. I have, I've had it pretty much like with me wherever I go, whenever I go. Um the landlord showed up today to look at the dryer and I told him all about it and he's coming back tomorrow and he's going to take a picture of it with his phone so that he can um, go and buy it so he can read it. 
okay, cool. <laughs> anyway, so they offered to do uh, a book, like host a book reading for me. And I mean, they're going to have snacks from like 6 to 6.30. They're going to have, I think they said they might have a live musician play for a bit while everybody's kind of milling around, chit-chatting. And then I get to get up there and I get to read passages from my book. And I kind of, I have two down definitely that I'm going to read. I'm going to read the, the beginning, the very beginning, the first chapter. Um, and I'm going to read what you didn't get um, on the world of myth. I'm going to read the origin stories of werewolf, vampire, djinn, shapeshifter, phoenix, and wolf. Wait a minute. Werewolf, vampire, gin, shapeshifter, phoenix, and wolf. Okay. I missed a finger and somehow had seven. Um, and, or werewolf. And um, I'm going to read the origin story and how all that happened. And then I'm going to read a couple more. I have like an hour and 45 minutes. So I want to... Um, read a couple of passages, open up to a few questions, read a few more passages, um, and, you know, just kind of, I'm not exactly sure how I want to structure it yet. I've never done one before in my life. I uh, read the first chapter of my book at a um, sci-fi festival, street festival in Elmville, but I've never done a book reading I've never done a book launch uh, because when my first book came out in 2018, uh, it came out in 2019, no, it came out in 2018, 2018, yeah, it came out in December of 2018, um, and then I believe it was January of 2019, I went to Florida with my mom, and then COVID hit in March, and the world shut down. So there was never a book launch for Eternally Bound. Um, and then The Chosen came out during COVID. So again, can't gather, can't do a book launch, can't do a book reading. Um, now I was going to, when Eternally Bound came out, um, I did do some local, that summer I did do some Okay, I'm confused. Hold on. I'm trying to back. It came out in December of 2019, right? 2018. COVID hit March of 2019, right? 2020. Okay. All right. Because I was confused because I vague, I distinctly remember doing um, a couple of events. I did the Elmville Street Fair. I did the Tall Ships that summer and sold a lot of books. Every time I would take like a hundred books. What are you doing? I would take a hundred books with me and sell them all. Gone. See ya. Make $300. And um, I had a price set that I was going to sell this book for. And I realized that it was actually less than what it is available on Amazon. So I had to adjust that. Because I have to pay for shipping, I have to pay to have them printed and all of that, and then shipped to me to be here in time. So there will be hard copies available at the event. I will have about 10 copies with me 
at the event for sale for $30 a copy. Now, if you don't want to spend the $30, that's fine. You can go to MythMart and get it for $26.31. You can go to Amazon and get it for $26.31. Or you can buy it from me at the event for $30 and I'll sign it. So that's kind of how I figured that. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. What do you mean $30? It's a hardcover book. So that's that's how I came up with that price. Just, you know, in case you were wondering. Anyway, um, yeah, so there wasn't, there's never really been the big cake and snacks and and woohoo, you know, let's celebrate book launch and, and all of that. There's never been any of that. I've never done a book reading um, hosted at a, a business. Um, my local bookstore when I lived in Midland, Georgian Big Books, um, I asked them about doing a book reading and they were very hesitant. They said that they didn't really get many people in. Their traffic was really low and it kind of discouraged me from doing it. Um, they weren't going to do any of the, the advertising or marketing or any of that, which is fine. You know, like I fully expected if it's my book reading, I'm going to have to do all of the legwork. Um, but when I was speaking with Donna and Patty at Nimway's Closet, they're making up all the flyers. They're going to post it all around Sarnia. They're going to put it on the, the local billboards and the pages, and they're going to put it on their page. They're going to put posters up around town. And it's like, holy crap. <laughs> and they said they always get a, they get a really good turnout for book readings. Like, holy crap. So I'm, um, yeah, see, I just got like a pit in my stomach of nerves. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's funny because those that know me say like, you know, you're, I, I, I had the most bizarre conversation. And for me, it's bizarre because I don't see myself this way. I've never seen myself this way. Um, but the people that I, 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 I rolled with, the people that I hung with at this particular time could be seen this way. And as a collective we were seen this way, but I never pictured myself this way. And I was talking to a particular person and we had tried, we have traveled in the same circles for the better part of 20 years. We have been at the same events. She knew who I was. I knew who she was, but we never connected. And I always just thought it was because, you know, we were each just doing our own thing. And she told me that the reason why she never approached me, she never took the time to get to know me is because she was intimidated by me. Uh, I beg your pardon? You do what now? She said that she, at the, at the time, she was intimidated by very strong women. And I looked at her again and went, I beg your pardon? Say what now? <laughs> because I've never, ever, ever seeing myself as somebody who would be viewed as a strong, confident it woman. That, that, that's not me. No, I'm not. Really, I'm not. Um, now, the women, like having strong um, personalities, the women that I moved with as a collective um, were strong. Misha and Dana both are very strong personalities, are very strong, um, intimidating women. 
but I never viewed myself as that. And then to be told that, you know, I wasn't approached because they were intimidated by me. And it wasn't that I was, she said, it's not that you were intimidating. It's that she was intimidated by me, which apparently is two different things. It, it just, it blew me away because I've always looked at other people and like, I want to be more like them. I wish I could be like them. I was always, I always considered myself the wallflower of the group. I was the quiet one. I kind of sat back and did my thing and, you know, I didn't say a whole lot. And I was always the first one to go to bed. <laughs> you know, where's Lupa? Well, she's toddled off to bed. Um, so to hear somebody say that just kind of, I don't know, I'm still kind of processing that information right now. I'm not, I mean, she's an amazing person and we had, I had an amazing time finally getting to know her and sitting and chatting with her and, and um, hanging out and the shop that they have. The minute I walked in, it was such, it was such a calming, relaxing experience. The place feels like a safe space for the weirdos and the oddballs and the, the, you know, unique ones and I'm a gummy bear. Um, so, <laughs> um, that song's going to be stuck in your head now. So, it was such a comforting, welcoming space. Like, you, there's no judgment. There's no, um, there's no right. There's no wrong. There's no here or there it's just be yourself be who you are and it's a space that you can be all those things and it was so relaxing and so comforting I actually wanted to kick my shoes off and curl my feet up underneath me on the couch but I wasn't sure if that was allowed <laughs> I, was, I wasn't sure if I was allowed to get that comfortable so I didn't um but I think I will next time but yeah um and it's in this little tiny um area of Sarnia that is is very quaint, very old school, very small town. Like it feels like a neighborhood in a bigger city. But it's it's yeah, it was great. And then people were just popping in and hey, how you doing? And everybody knows everybody and um you know, I met a bunch of dogs, a bunch of people, a bunch of people that could be dogs. Um and one that was pretty certain she was being stalked by an AI. Long story. Um. <laughs> no, it's not. I can't. It's not my story to tell. But um, it was a really, really good uh, feeling. It was a really good time. And everybody that came in was such good energy. I've really enjoyed it. And I'm really looking forward to doing um, my book reading. 
Uh, now my brother-in-law has threatened to come down and tell everybody that I'm a very prophylactic writer, a very prophylactic author, instead of prolific, prophylactic, you know. So I told him that I would stick him over by the prophylactic candles if he did. <laughs> there are these really cool um, phallic-shaped candles with tails. Uh, yeah, they're really neat. <laughs> so there's a long inside joke to that. Anyway, um, yeah, I had a great time. And I'm really looking forward to doing the book reading. Um, because I love reading my work. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. But I love to go back and read my work. Because there's some things that I've written that I read. And I'm like, did I write that? I don't remember writing that. Well, that's new. Because when I get into a zone and my characters kind of take on a moment of their own, I'm only keeping up with what is happening in my head. I'm taking notes. And sometimes you're so focused that you miss the little nuances and things that are happening. So when you go back and reread it, you're like, oh, crap, that's cool. <laughs> Damn, that's new. <laughs> I think when I was writing the final chapters, there was one spot um, my live studio audience was was with me. We worked together a lot like that. And um, I'm typing away and I'm typing away and I'm typing away and I know where I'm going and we're trudging down the road and they're doing what they're doing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's new. And he just kind of looked up and he went, what? And I went, well, you'll find out. I'm not sure exactly what, it, what what's happening. Um, I don't know where this is going. This was a surprise to me. <laughs> so let's see where it goes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's kind of how that happened. Um, what I'm going to say is twins. <laughs> not exactly sure. You know, my characters take on lives of their own. Anybody who says that they write and their characters don't have personality and don't do, like, they control what their characters do are lying. Because when you write a good character, they have a personality. They're three-dimensional, almost. They feel three-dimensional. They, they come alive. Yeah. And... Um, you may be trying to take them in one direction and they're screaming at you in your head. No, that's not how it's going to happen. Um, and that's kind of how this story, that's how, kind of, that's how a lot of my stories happen. <laughs> they start out as a short story and then the character goes, no, I'm not done. And I had a feeling when I started writing Penance right from the first paragraph that it was going to be much more than just a short story. And I knew I wanted to explore the, I mean, I even explored the avenues of having the main character be some kind of Mayan god. Um, I had discussed that. She was some kind of deity of some sort. Um, and I'm still not fully through exploring what she is because this is only book one in a series um so yeah you know it's kind of interesting so that's where that is that's that's my big news that's my housekeeping if you will 
<laughs> 24 minutes of me talking about myself. So let's move on to five things to know for the week of July 27th. We had extreme heat, UFOs, Hunter Biden, inflation, and the Korean War. Uh, let's just do the interesting thing. So extreme heat, more than 140 million Americans from coast to coast, or Canadians, because it was damn hot here too, are under heat alerts today. We are here in Sarnia, but we are right next to the border. Parts of the Northeast will see their highest temperatures this year, while temperatures in the Midwest will be up to 20 degrees above normal. The extreme weather has also gripped the country's southern tier from Southern California to Florida since June, and Phoenix, one of the hardest hit cities in this summer's scorching heat, is in its fourth week in a row of temperatures over 110 degrees smashing a previous record of 18 days straight. Um, President Joe Biden is expected to announce actions to combat extreme weather in a briefing today as the heat wave expands across the U.S. What's he going to do? Install fans? Get the wind turbines going to, you know, blow the air? You can't, there's nothing that you can do to combat extreme weather. It's weather. It's nature. Are you going to send them a memo and say, hey, look it, you've reached your limit of hot days. You need to tone it down a little bit, pull it in. You know, are you going to call Mother Nature and sit her down with a cup of tea and an agenda? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> All right. So number two, UFOs. Three retired military veterans testified Wednesday at a House hearing on unidentified anomalous phenomena, commonly known as, you guessed it, UFOs, warning that the sightings are a national security problem and that the U.S. government has been too secretive about them. Among the veterans who testified was David Grush. I'm hoping that's how you pronounce his name, a former Air Force intelligence officer who alleged that the government has covered up its research into the UFO sightings and said he reported information to the intelligence community inspector general. Grush claimed that the government not only has UAPs in its possession, but also the remains of the allegedly non-human pilots of the aircraft. Of the 650 cases the government is tracking, Wait, 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 what? <laughs> 650 cases of unidentified anomalous phenomena. Phenomena. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Sorry, I can't, I can't hear the word phenomena and not do that. Um, about half are being prioritized for anomalous interesting value, according to a Pentagon official. Well, like they said in Men in Black, Elvis isn't dead, he just went home. I mean, we all kind of know that there are UFOs, there's strange things out there. I mean, we can't be the only planet in the entire universe with life. No, we can't. No, we can't. No, we can't. I'm arguing with my live studio audience. He doesn't believe that we're that there's more. I wouldn't say necessarily intelligent life out there, but there isn't necessarily intelligent life down here either. <laughs> He's got 
Anyway, we're going to skip over Hunter Biden because he really doesn't interest me. Um, inflation doesn't really interest me. I know it's there. <laughs> Trust me, every time I go grocery shopping, I know it's there. Every time I fill up my car, I know it's there. Uh, Korean War. Um, okay, so today is the 70th. Today, the 27th of July, is the 70th, 70, 70th anniversary of the end of the 1950-1953 Korean War. My grandfather fought in that war. I do believe one of the first international conflicts of the Cold War era. In 1950, China sent a quarter million troops into the Korean Peninsula, supporting its North Korean ally and pushing back the combined forces of South Korea, the U.S. and other countries under the U.N. command. Today, North Korea, China, and Russia are commemorating the war while putting up a united front over Ukraine. U.S. officials said last year that North Korea was selling millions of rockets to Russia for use on the battlefield in Ukraine. And while China has not supplied Russia with weaponry, it has remained steadfastly in Moscow's corner as the war in Ukraine drags into its 18th month. <sighs> I say this only as a pun, but it sounds like it's going to be another cold war because, you know, it's always cold in the Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of... Um, Interesting things that happened today. Yeah. Uh, UFOs and heat. Kind of makes you wonder if they're just kind of hovering over... Decided you couldn't eat the tortilla? Yeah. Um, yeah. Weirdness. Anyway, so as I said, I'm staying in Sarnia, and one of the things I want to do with my nephew and my nieces is paint rocks. Now, there's a reason why I want to paint rocks. So, Wendy Marsden painted 13 rocks, and she took them to the beach as a community art project along the St. Clair River. Now, the long life of Rocky, a painted stone snake, has surprised Wendy Marsden. I'm flabbergasted, said the Sarnia retiree, with her partner, set 13 painted stones and a handwritten sign back in mid-June next to a sidewalk overlooking the St. Clair River at the Rotary Flag Plaza, not far from the Blue Water Bridge. The sign invited others to make people smile by adding their own painted stones to Rocky, the growing snake. The other night, there was close to 2,100 rocks, she said. From 13, it's grown to 2,100 rocks. Marsden, who worked for years at the courthouse, then ran a court reporting business before retiring, said she saw something online about a similar project in Texas and decided to try it at the popular St. Clair Riverfront public space next to the Lambton Area Water Supply System treatment plant. Our goal, when we started this, was 100 stones, she said. And look at it. The past week, volunteers with the Alzheimer's Society of Sarnia Lambton, with funding from Blue Water Power, set up a table with art supplies so youngsters could paint stones to add to Rocky. 
Marsden says they've been doubling Rocky so they don't run out of space in the pebble-covered strip between the sidewalk and the newly installed shore protection armor store. The painted stone snake was built entirely by the community, and I expect that it will remain in place for as long as the community desires it to remain, said Clinton Harper, general manager of the water supply system. The area is checked regularly for tripping hazards, and any stones left on the sidewalk are removed, he added. Marsden said her first thought was to set up Rocky in Cantera Park, but decided the space next to the sidewalk at the riverfront might work better since it wouldn't be in the way of maintenance workers. It's so awesome, she said. Marsden said she hoped it could be something simple to bring people in the community together. That's what it's all about, she said. That impulse may be genetic. Marsden is the daughter of Harvey McMichael the late Sarnian who inspired Sarnia's celebration of lights with his annual home Christmas lights display on Oak Street. It has been more than I ever imagined, she said. Marsden said she and her partner visit Rocky daily on walks along the riverfront. At one point, the painted stone that made up Rocky's head went missing, but returned a few days later, she said. I thought the seagulls, she said, I love the seagulls, she said, about stones painted with images of the shorebirds. Okay, weirdo. Nobody loves seagulls. They're all just so different. Her daughter added a collection of stones painted as Russian nesting dolls. Oh, they're really cute, too. Others have, others have been placed by visitors from places far away at the UK and the Netherlands. Sean and Sam, Norfolk, UK. And then the Netherlands reach for the stars. That's very cool. <laughs> I've seen so many kids get their picture taken by their rocks, by their parents or their grandparents, Marsden said. And that's what it's all about. Oh, she's got a little Hello Kitty rock. Thanks for all you do, a passerby said to Marsden during a recent visit. No, 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 she replied. It's the community. Yeah, we put 13 rocks down, but other folks in the community did the rest, she added. I can't take credit for this. That is seriously a very heartwarming story. You know, like one person put down 13 rocks and the town could have come along and cleaned up those rocks, thrown them out, thrown them away, stopped them, but they didn't. And people painted more rocks. And it's a, it's a craft project that I want to do with the nephew and the nieces. And we're going to paint up our rocks and we're going to add our rocks to Rocky the painted stone snake. <laughs> I think it'll be fun. I keep hearing this sound and it sounds like somebody's going shh. But I think Piper is at the door and she's got her nose underneath at the bottom and she's snuffling at me. I really do think she is. Piper? I don't know. I can't tell. But anyway, or it's my brother-in-law snoring. I'm not sure. Um, more sad news. For, some sad news this week. Um, I have always loved her music. Sinead O'Connor passed away at the age of 56. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I'm going to have to, like, ban him from video. Um, I have always loved her music. I've always enjoyed... You don't have to like her music. I didn't ask you to like her music. You shut up. 
You have no taste. <laughs> anyway, I've always enjoyed her music. I had all of her albums. I sang my fool little head off to her stuff. Um, yes, she was very controversial. She did her things. And is your eye twitching? What are you doing? You look like a fish. <laughs> a weirdo. Anyway, stop it. Stop it. Um, she passed away and her family issued a statement that said, I'm not looking at you. I can't look at him. Um, she passed away in her apartment and they did not um, say what she passed away from or how she passed away. Um, now, remember a year ago, her son, uh, he was 17, committed suicide. So when she pulled the stunt that she pulled on Saturday Night Live, tearing up the Pope's picture, that kind of pretty much ended her career um, on our continent. Canada kind of, yeah, okay, no. The United States definitely it ended her career in the United States. And she kind of faded off into oblivion. Um, she was still making music. She was still doing her thing. But she wasn't touring the U.S. She wasn't touring in Canada. Um, and she became an activist of sorts. Um, all right, let's just see. Let's pull up her Wikipedia. So... So her first album came out in um, the 80s. Her second album came out in the 90s. I do not want what I haven't got. Actually, I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, what? Why did you send me a picture of Sinead O'Connor? Do you want me to play the video? No, you just want me to look at the picture of her nose? What's wrong with her nose? You're a weirdo. <laughs> you dropped your phone, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, she kind of became, I mean, she released Faith and Courage in 2000. 2002, she released one I can't pronounce because um, it's in Irish. Uh, she did a Dolly Parton tribute album in 2003. Well, she contributed a track to it. Um, 2010, she performed a duet with Mary J. Blige, another very controversial but incredible singer. Uh, 2020, 2021, she announced her immediate retirement. Um, she did a... a her final studio album, No Veterans Die, No Veteran Dies Alone. Uh, that was supposed to be out in 2022. Um, she wasn't going to do any touring. She was retiring immediately. She said she was tired. Uh, she said it's time for her to hang up her nipple tassels. Uh, and that was it. She wasn't doing anything anymore. On June 21st, on the 1st of June, 2021, um, her memoir was released January 7th of 2022. Her son Shane committed suicide. Uh, and that's when she canceled her 2022 tour. Um, and her album was postponed indefinitely. In February of 2023, 
she shared a new version of the Skyboat song. <gasps> I love that song. In 19th century Scottish adaptation of the 1718 Gaelic song, which is also the theme song to Outlander. Um, the following month, she was awarded the inaugural Choice Music Prize Classic Irish Album. Um, she just still did a lot in Ireland, um, but that's about it. Um, it's kind of sad, you know, like, I have my theories on what happened. I, I honestly believe she committed suicide, um, but there's been no proof. There's been no report that says what she died of, um, just that it wasn't suspicious. Her death is not being treated as suspicious. So, you know, it's sad. But she she had a lot of pain and a lot of um, personal heartache and personal tragedy in her life. Her, her child, her upbringing was not, you know, picture perfect. But, yeah, you know, kind of sad about that. Um, and now I'm going to talk to you about this incredible park that we discovered here in Sarnia. And it's kind of a famous park. Um, dude. <laughs> boy, I said boy. And you think, okay, he sent me this picture of um, a stupid rooster from Looney Tunes. I can't remember his name. Foghorn Leghorn. And he's yelling, there's a picture of something else I'm not going to say. Because I'm not allowed to be political. I'm not allowed to be political. I can't be political. I can't talk about Joe Biden. I can't talk about what memes Joe Biden is in. I can't say that, you know, he's in a meme with Foghorn Leghorn. Can't, I can't be political. So there's this meme that Dave sent me. And it's Foghorn Leghorn and a person. And it says, boy, I say boy. You got more screws loose than a hardware store in an earthquake. Because <laughs> it's kind of true. I don't know. Anyway, so we went to Canterra Park two weeks ago and we found the petting zoo. It's a free petting zoo. You can get in by don't think you just give it leave a donation, really. And they've got Canadian geese just wandering around. Friendly Canadian geese just do 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 doing their thing. Canadian Goose and I had a conversation about their cousins locked away up at uh, Big Bear, at the zoo in Big Bear in California. They have him um, behind bars. I'm not sure what he was arrested for, but, you know, he did look a little sketchy. Uh, most Canadian geese are. They have a long rap sheet. Um, so this goose and I had a chit-chat. And I have video evidence of this goose and I having a chit-chat. And he's honking at me and I'm talking at him. Very friendly. Um, there was a cow. There was a llama named Piper. And a cow named Lily. And a mule or donkey named Jackson. Jackson the jackass. Um, I'm not sure what the mini horse's name was. There were two pigs. Frederick and, oh, Theodore. Theodore and Frederick. 
Um, there were ducks and rabbits and about a thousand guinea pigs because um, they're all just in together and they mate. And one of the ducks only had one leg, so I think a lot of these are rescue animals. Um, they take them in, they give them a place to, to live out their days, and um, it's, it's really cool. And you can bring vegetables and feed the animals. Um, we didn't. So we, we had one goose. I think it was the same goose I had the conversation with, kind of joined us for lunch. <laughs> he kept wanting to snitch, but the kids were dropping on the ground, and we had to keep shooing him back because he was a very aggressive goose. Will you stop? He was a very aggressive goose. Well, not aggressive like attack you, aggressive, just, you know, like right there. Hello. So um, Cantera Park is a sandy beach located within... With it, the beach is located in Cantera Park, and it's a lovely beach. It stretches about a kilometer along the shore of Lake Huron, near the mouth of the St. Clair River. This urban beach has plenty of kid-friendly activities, is close to any urban comforts you might need, and it is voted, one, Cantera is one of only 22 in Canada to have earned the official blue flag status for its commitment to strict water quality and safety criteria. Okay, so the water was so blue. And close to shore, it had that turquoise blue color. And then there was a darker patch where it got deeper. And then it was like a lighter blue out farther. Oh, it was so beautiful. I tried to get a picture of it through the lens of my um, sunglasses because my sunglasses are amber so you can see the distinction of colors through the lenses of my sunglasses kind of cool um it's like three thousand feet of sandy beach it's great there's playgrounds there's an animal farm there's a bmx bike track there's a children's mini train 200 acres of park with trails and picnic area um excellent place to spot warblers sandpipers ducks and falcons um, yeah, there's, there's so much to do at Cantera Park that we, um, we went back on Monday and we went to the beach and hung out at the beach and went swimming at the beach and built sandcastles at the beach. And there were no seagulls, remarkably, at the beach. Um, I think they all got the memo and were told to not mess up the beach. But, yeah, it was really nice. It was The sand was, was great. Uh, we discovered moving sand. Um, the sand moves. And if it, it was so hot that day that as soon as it would get wet, it would start to dry. And all the little pebbles of sand would start to fall and flatten out again. So it literally looked like the sand in front of you was moving. <laughs> you expected this little bug or crab or something to burst through the sand. It was kind of freaky. Um, so we're going back on... We might be going back there tomorrow. Um, we have something something planned with water tomorrow. So, yeah, so that's kind of where I am. I've only been here a couple of weeks. Um, apparently my podcast is boring because, oh, <laughs> he keeps sending me memes, so I must be boring the pants off of him or something. It's not as funny as it usually is. I'm not ranty this week. There was something I wanted to rant about, and I can't. I can't for the life of me remember what it was. I mean, I could touch on the Jason Aldean song, but I think that's been beaten to death pretty much. Um, there are two definite camps. There's the It's a Racist Song camp, and then there's a It's Not a Racist Song camp. You obviously didn't live in a small town. 
Um, and I'm in the, it's not a racist song. It's a small town song. Um, I grew up in a small town, okay? And if you farted at 9 a.m., by noon the mayor was aware, and by 2 it was in the local paper. Everybody knew what your business was. And if you tried to pull any crap in a small town, like the small town I grew up in, uh, was governed by the police and the local bikers. Now, the police and the local bikers had an arrangement. And one of the police officers on the force was previously a biker with the bikers that were up there. Um, and he, he left that lifestyle. He went through the police academy and he became a police officer and he joined the force in our small town. So he was kind of, he was kind of the go-between and the unofficial um, arrangement between the town police and now the OPP weren't involved. They were above everything, you know, they were the provincial police, not the town cops. So anyway, the arrangement was between the bikers and the town cops. And the bikers would keep the hard drugs out of town. I mean, you could buy, you could find pot, you could find um, acid, mushrooms, but you didn't find heroin. <laughs> She's jumping, what the hell? Something just moved on the counter and scared the crap right out of me. As you could probably tell. I don't know what it was. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> Apparently I brought my, my resident ghost with me. Um, anyway. Uh... They kept the hard drugs out of town, like cocaine and heroin. Uh, and this was back in the 80s and 90s. Um, speed, they kept all of that out of town. You could only buy the soft drugs, like hash, pot, acid, mushrooms, you know. They had to make some kind of money. And the cops were like, oh, okay, fine. You know, you keep the hard drugs out. You deal with that element of it, the fringe element, the bad guys around that, and the cops would turn a blind eye to the other stuff. So they kind of had this arrangement, and the town worked really, really well. You know, like, you didn't pull crap. And my dad was on the fire department, so he knew all the cops. He knew all the firemen. So you didn't want to be pulling crap because you knew you were going to get in trouble. And they weren't necessarily going to arrest you, but they were going to grab you by the ear and they were going to march you home to your parents. Then you were going to get an ass woman. Because don't forget, this is the 80s and the 90s. I uh, remember I had my dad's car and I got caught speeding going down, um, I think it was Montreal Street. Huge, huge, huge eight block hill. Okay. Eight blocks. You go down this hill. It's eight blocks. You pick up some pretty good speed when you hit about the fourth block. So I was probably doing about 100 
110 in a 50. <laughs> so the cop pulled me over. He knew who I was. And he told me that he wouldn't give me a ticket, but I had two weeks to tell my dad because he was going to see my dad at the um, town barbecue. And he was going to ask my dad. So I had two weeks. I was grounded for the rest of the summer. I was grounded for the rest of the summer. Um, but, you know, I told him because I knew I had to. Because if I didn't, the cop would. <laughs> um, there were always parties. Everybody knew what was going on. Um, if somebody, you know, robbed a store, robbed the, you know, ripped off the convenience store on the corner, usually by the next day or the day after, we knew who it was. Small town, man. Word travels. And that's what this song is about. Small towns. People know everything and they don't put up with crap. If you're going to try and pull the crap, if you, we have what we call cityots. They're idiots that come up from the city. And they cruise into town thinking that, you know, it's a small town. They're a bunch of small town hicks. And we can come in with our loud cars and our loud music and our big drugs and all of our booze. And, you know, we will run the town because the town's run on tourist money. No, that's not how it's going to work. We will run you out of town. Trust me, we will run you out of town. On a rail. <laughs> um, you can't pull that crap in a small town. You can't pull, you can't go into a restaurant and be rude to the waitress because, you know, you didn't like how many ice cubes she put in your sweet tea. Because she'll dump that damn cup of sweet tea on your head. <laughs> and not one person in that restaurant, not one local in that restaurant will come to your rescue. Call the cops. They'll be like, what do you want me to do? You just can't pull that crap in a small town, man. We take care of our own. We look after our own in a small town. And that means every color in a small town. It means every gender in a small town. <laughs> oh, he's on a roll tonight. It means every nationality in a small town. If you live in that small town, you are part of that small town. That small town will take care of you. Because a small town is a world unto itself. And I remember growing up in, in Port Manickel, and then we moved to Midland, and I had to earn my place. Um, I had to... What the hell? Oh, my God. Speaking of small towns, um, my friend just sent me an article. Uh, her girlfriend, her girlfriend's cousin, was shot and killed in the Penetang Mall. Holy crap. Um, that's insane. Small town. But then we'll find out who it is. They always do. But you see, this stuff happens in a small town, but they're on it. And it'll be, it'll be sorted out. And the police may not get the guy who shot him. But I bet you there's people in town that will. It'll happen. Um, but yeah, I know I had to earn my place to be allowed to say that I was from Midland because I was a port girl. Port girls have a bit of a reputation. 
I'm not going to say of what, but yeah, we had a bit of a reputation. Um, and nobody liked the chicks from Penetang. <laughs> nobody liked Penetang. Um, but I went to a school that had the nickname, the student, every public school um, had nicknames for their students, and I was one of the regent rejects. That was what we were called by the other public schools. Um, and then we all ended up in the same high school. So, yeah, it, small towns are small towns. Like, you know everybody, and and you can't get away with stuff in a small town. You just can't. Like, try half the crap you pull in the city, try that in a small town. You, you just can't. So, anyway, that's my opinion. If I'm wrong, so be it. I'm getting too tired to explain myself. I have been called, I've been called a lot of things this week. Um, I was actually called a racist this week. And that kind of, that kind of upset me. It kind of, because um, I'm not, I don't view myself as a racist. I don't, um, I have no issues with anybody of any color or gender or non-gender, non-color. I, I just don't, I don't care enough to have a problem. And I got called a racist. But then I got reminded that I'm also considered a turf because I am standing up for myself and, you know, the things that I was born with and the spaces that I need to feel comfortable in. Because I, just as any LGBTQ plus person, is entitled to a place where they feel safe. I'm entitled to a place where I feel safe. Those places are becoming fewer and fewer and fewer. Just putting that out there. But I'm not going to get a rant on that because I rant on that quite often. <laughs> so we're not going to go there um, tonight. But, yeah, to be called a racist, um, that just kind of made me, what? Wait, what? <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. No, I'm not a racist. I'm not a turf. I'm not transphobic. I'm not homophobic. I'm not anything. I have common sense. Let that sink in. I have common sense, which I think, unfortunately, a large part of the world is sorely lacking. We see COVID seems to have stolen a lot from our world. It has broken the world. The world is broken. COVID broke the world. Um, the crazy people with the ridiculous notions um were given access to the internet and a whole lot of time to sit around, like two years worth of time to sit around and think of things to be offended by. And then they started putting them out there. And they started putting 
arguments to them that people found valid. And, and all of a sudden being offended became a thing. You can't be offended. We need to change everything so that you're not offended. Well, I'm offended by the people that are offended. Are you going to do something about that? There are a lot of us that are offended by the people who are offended. Are you going to change things so that we're not offended? Like the, the, the comedian says, nothing really happens when you're offended. The world keeps turning. Days keep going by. Monday comes before Tuesday. Wednesday comes after. Then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The months keep going. Hours keep going. Seconds keep ticking by. Nothing happens if you're offended, except the fact that you're offended. But now you're telling the entire world that you're offended. And other people are going, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's be offended about that, too. So now things have to be changed. Now... You have to ask somebody, are you a boy or a girl, before you address them. And if they say neither, then you have to remember to use they and their when you're speaking to them. Okay, I respect that, but I have never in my life said, are there going to, no, it's like, uh, is so-and-so is going to the party? I will use their name. Um, but, uh, yeah, don't ask me my pronouns. Don't. Just don't. Because my pronouns are F-A-A-F-O. Do you really want me to say it? You really want me to say those words? My pronouns are fuck around and find out. <laughs> He's happy he got me to say the F word on my, on my, my, uh, I'm too old to have pronouns, you know? Like, my pronouns are old, tired, and don't care. I have three. Old, tired, don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I grew up in a world where boys were boys and girls were girls. If boys didn't want to be boys anymore, then they stopped being boys and decided to be girls. They didn't make a big deal about it. They didn't run around and, and get on social media. We didn't have social media back then. They didn't say, look at me, look at me, look at me, day hundred and day 374 of being a girl. Um, So, for me, this would be day 18,627.3675 of being a woman, of being female. 
don't tell me you know more about being a woman than I do when I have underwear older than you are from birth. I've had shoes longer than you've been a woman. Sorry. <laughs> Don't try and tell me what it means to be a woman when I have been one for 18,000 days. 18,000 days. You've barely made it over a year. When you have 18,000 days under your belt. And trust me, after 18,000 days, your belt's not going to be where you originally thought it was. It will have relocated. Or you will have gotten rid of the belt entirely. We all start out with the cute little belts. And eventually we realize those belts are a pain in the ass. Baggy is the way to go. And that's another thing, too. Like, all these, these, it's, it's, it's not all trans people. I have no problems with trans people. It's the overtly public, look at me. I'm going to prance around in a short little dress and a frilly little top and have, you know, the glam makeup and the styled hair and the on-point nails and the cute little Chanel bag. I'm sorry to tell you, honey, but real women, no. We have got the ridiculous bun on the top of the head, baggy tank top, shorts that... Trust me, we picked them up off the floor and sniffed them this morning and went, yep, they still smell good. Put them on. Carried on. We will have unshaven legs if we're not seeing anybody of importance for a while. Um, I shaved my legs before I came to my sister's. And I will tell you, the last time I shaved my legs was the week before I left California. I live alone. Why will I put myself through that week in and week out when there's nobody there other than me? Now, when it starts nodding and getting tangled and poking me, then it's time to do it. It starts to get annoying. I do my armpits just because I, it lets me. I have a thing. I don't like hairy armpits on me. Um, but, yeah, like... <laughs> Personal maintenance is done on a need-to-know basis. <laughs> and if somebody's going to need to know, then it's done. But if I'm at home by myself, oh my god, I look like a Yeti from the waist down. Because 18,627 days. Now, of course, I haven't been shaving for all 18,627 days. But I've been doing it for a good portion of it. Women don't look like Barbies. And that's what I'm finding a lot of these um, overt, look at me, I demand respect, I command you to treat me as a woman, transgendered women. Um, I find them, they look like Barbies. They look artificial. They look... They, there's a, a trans woman that I follow on TikTok, and um, she's an old hippie <laughs> from 
way back. She's been trans since she was in her 20s, and she's now in her, like, 70s. <laughs> she lost her filter, I'm pretty sure, in her 30s. <laughs> she's got no filter, and doesn't give a shit. <laughs> she will tell you like it is. Um, and she is totally and thoroughly disgusted with the Dylan Mulvaney's of the world because they're they're taking the emotional struggle and the psychological struggle, um, the importance of that away. What are you doing? You look like a moth. They're taking that away from the trans people that are, are struggling emotionally with it and struggling mentally with it and dealing with it and making it a joke, making them sell, making it a caricature. And they're making the entire community look bad. So, yeah, 18,000 days. So when you have, I even, I'll even give you like 8,000 days. When you have 8,000 days or 600 days under your belt, and you've lost the belt. And your boobs are slipping. And your thighs are rubbing. And you just really don't want to put on the heels because, oh my God, heels were something that were created by a man to make a woman's ass look better. In all reality, when a woman wears high-heeled shoes, her ass looks great. Our legs look phenomenal in high-heeled shoes. Our butts look perky, and they're up there, and the legs are up there, and the back is out, and the boots are out, and it all just looks symmetrically pleasing. But my God, your feet will hate you for a month of Sundays. We only wear the high-heeled shoes to look pretty. We don't wear them to, to make a point or to, to function in the world. We don't. Um... But, yeah, I'm just, I am so over this that I don't care anymore what you want to call me. I don't care anymore if that's what you want to think of me. Um, I'm not. I know I'm not. The people who actually know me know I'm not. Um, but, whatever. I don't care. It might be easier to have all those people think that of me. Because then I don't have to try and explain anything to them anymore. I don't have to try and feel like I need to justify my my outlook and my opinion and my views. Um, but I am not a racist by any stretch of the imagination. I am not phobic of anything in any stretch of the imagination. If you knew me and you knew the community that I traveled in, that I was a part of, that I still have connections to then you give your damn head a shake. That's all I'm saying. All right, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get mad now, and I need to go to bed. <laughs> My live studio audience now looks like he's got Angelina Jolie lips. <laughs> I just made him laugh. <laughs> he's adorable. All right, everybody, I'm going to wrap for this week. I'm going to be here for a bit longer. Um... Next week, I'm not exactly sure how, wait, let me see. Okay, so where are we? Uh, next week's podcast. Okay, next week I can do the second. There may not be.
be a podcast on the 8th. I'm going to have to see what the data is like on my phone because I'm going to be at the cottage where there's no internet. There's a spider. There's a spider. Oh, there's a big spider. The spider's gone. I need to go. I need to get out of the room. I need to go upstairs where there is no spider. Just saying. Um, yeah, I will, I will try and, I will podcast, um, and I will see what my data's like on my phone. I'll try not to use it so that I can upload, um, the pod, use it, use my phone as a hotspot and upload the podcast to, um, the network so that, uh, it, it can be put out. So, um, but that's in two weeks. We'll worry about that then. Uh, there will be another podcast next week. Um, so everybody have a good week, have a good Friday, have a good weekend, stay cool, stay hydrated, stay goofy. Ow, stop. Stop it, stop it. <laughs> you weirdo. Um, my watch is telling me to breathe, which means I need to go to bed. I'm going to turn my camera off. Stop it. Mr. Montoya. Anyway, okay, so you know the drill. Be kind. I say it on my TikToks. Be kind. Be kind to yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Don't forget there is a book reading August 14th. I'll keep reminding you right up until then. Um, at Nimoy's Closet in uh, Sarnia. And you know the rule, people. Don't lick shit. All right, everybody. I will talk to you next week. See ya. Carry on my way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.